0: Welcome back to another episode of On the Bench with Beaks. This is episode 84, and I am your titular host, Beaks. With me, as always, is Nick Adams. Hey, how we doing? And we've got Bryce McMillan with us. Hey, what's up? Hello. So today, we said enough beautiful things, uh, you know, whispered sweet nothings out into the viscera, and we got him. We got the boys from Tukalag on the episode. Mike, Marty, introduce your guys, uh, your boys, and uh, yeah, give us some introductory fodder to chew on.
1: Mike, uh, I, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go first because I'm the better looking Your one, head. so I might as well go first. Uh, <laughs> I'm good, uh, I'm Marty. <laughs> I'm really the brains and the major guy behind the whole thing. Mike doesn't really do much. He kind of just shows up and uh, and asks me how do I record, he sends me some texts like what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but no, we we Mike and I have been in the hockey for so long now. We're so old. We just figured that might as well you know start doing a show together. But uh, our love of Hockey really comes from uh, the love of, uh, of fantasy sports, really in general. But fantasy hockey is our baby, and, uh, and that's kind of what started all this for us. But uh,
2: yeah, Mike, go ahead. Well, as Marty mentioned, I absolutely do fuck all on the show. I'm just along for the ride, riding the colt tails of the uh, you know the of the one, if you will, the yeah. one, if you will. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So listen, I I mean, Marty basically said it all. I mean, we've been friends from way back, and uh, you know, our love of hockey, and and really the uh, the crux of our podcast is basically our uh, our fantasy league, and that's where it kind of it kind of started. And you know, you have those uh, those great conversations during a draft party, or. Uh, draft time and you know we just kind of wanted to be able to bring that kind of almost to a weekly thing and and at the end of the day I just I get to you know get everything that I want to get out in regards to talking hockey with one of my best buds every week so you know it's a win-win situation for me as for Marty he's the one who's got to do the editing so you know he's got the shitty job but other than that um, you know we, we just have a great time with it we love the fact that our uh, you know uh, our, our listeners are, are pretty loyal as, as far as I can see and you know we just we want to be that kind of show where it's just kind of water cooler talk you're gonna you know you're gonna hear that type of stuff on a Monday morning and we just want our, our listeners to kind of really stick their teeth into it and whenever they're listening to us I just want to make sure that you know they feel like they're part of the conversation really at the end of the day
0: no doubt, and then you know that's that's kind of our, our vibe too. You know, we just uh, it's just a couple good old boys just talking talking puck most of the time, and you know just love just love the love the game and just love chatting. So we're gonna get more into that, but you know we're gonna take a break real quick. We're gonna kick it over to Dave Zamboni for Dave Zamboni's pick of the week. Take it away, Dave.
3: Hey, Beaks. Thanks a lot. Dave Zamboni here. My pick of the week this week. Well, I really wanted to write a, a ska song, and uh, I love the specials. Um, I love old-school ska. First wave, and then there's second wave, and that's that's the stuff that really thrilled me. The specials, English Beat, Madness, Selector, a lot of that stuff. So this song was written, and... Uh, we really tried to get the sounds right, and uh, of course it's about a breakaway, and we called it The
0: Breakaway, uh, and it's about hockey. Can you believe that? Another song about hockey. Beaks, enjoy, Hockey Songs Forever,
3: Day for the Zambonis, let's hear it.
1: I'm protecting
0: Thank you, as always, Dave, for another tasty Dave Zambonis pick of the episode. Like I always said, go check out the Zambonis on Spotify. Check them out on Bandcamp. Their entire discography you can buy for about 32 bucks right now. They also have t-shirts, some awesome Whaler socks on their website at www.zambonis.com. But for now, let's get back into the conversation with the boys from Tugelag. Uh, we kind of wanted to bring a little bit of uh, your, your show, uh, and you know, put a spin on it. So we're going to do a little Beauty and the Beast. I mean, obviously, uh, fantasy ho- uh, hockey season's not uh, not going right now, but we're gonna we're gonna put a little spin on it. And, uh, you guys, uh, give us uh, three uh, three beauties and one beast of what what you're going to be looking at uh, next next fantasy league.
2: Oh no worries there. I mean, if are we are we doing it specifically on my Habs boys, or are we doing it league wide?
0: It's it's league wide baby. It's league wide.
2: Okay. Sounds good. So oh, listen, okay. the first one that com- the first one that comes to mind, I think I'll go with a beast. And there's a little bit of an asterisk to, asterisk to this because I don't think it's going to be a massive drop off, but we are talking about Johnny Goudreau and Columbus.
0: Oh yeah. He's good got a lot already.
2: he's got a lot less talent to work with. I'm not saying that this guy can't hit like an 80 85 potentially, potentially 90 points. But I think if you're expecting him to hit 115, 110 and all this business, you're probably going to be sadly mistaken with that. So although we are talking about quite the superstar, you do want to expect a little bit less from him next year, just until this team really starts to round in the form, really starts to get their feet underneath them. It's not a team that's devoid of talent. Kent Johnson with the World Juniors is showing you that right now. Oh, yeah. So, So, I mean, again... A little bit of an asterisk beside it. This isn't kind of your guy that's dropping down to a 50 or 60 point business. But if you're expecting 115 points out of Johnny Goudreau next year, I think you better temper expectations. So I'll put him in a beast category just out of actual point drop, if you will. Um, You're still going to protect him though,
1: Mike? You're still going to keep him on your team? Dude, I ain't letting that guy I'll give you you a deep pick for him. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: I, it's not happening, pal. Not happening.
0: Like fifth or I'll, sixth now, I'll, I'll,
2: I'll stay with my realm here, boys. With maybe a little bit, a few of guys from my own fantasy team. A guy that I think obviously, and he showed it this year. I think he's going to show it in the upcoming year as well. Is Igor Shosturkin? I think this guy could actually kind of battle Vasilevsky for the title of best goaltender in the league. The only thing that I would what, what, that I would caution with that that particular player. He saved the New York Rangers bacon a lot last year. This guy faced a ton of shots, had a great save percentage. But the only thing that I worry about is that the Rangers give a lot of high danger chances. So I do think that he's going to be right up there. I think you're looking at a top three goalie. I think this is a guy that if you can get him in your lineup, you got that kind of horse that you can put in every week. But just keep in mind that the Rangers still aren't 100% rounded into form defensively. That's coming. It could happen this year, but let's temper expectations at least in the high danger chances area anyway.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. No, what I'm saying, I, like uh, that's one thing that I expected the New York Rangers to actually do to kind of maybe shore up the the bat, like the D, like the lower, the lower two, maybe even uh, maybe just try to polish off the top two as well. The top four. I mean, but uh, I just didn't see that on the free agency. And I mean, we still got a lot of uh we got a lot of longevity left to go but I mean if they're going to if they're going to try to go deep in, into the season with what they they've got right now on that six yeah got to got to absolutely agree with you there
2: All uh, right next one up boys again I'm probably sticking a little bit to, uh, close to home here with my own fantasy team but how can you not put Kirill Kaprizov in there right now Yeah Kirill cool, the thrill really, yeah I mean I mean I mean this guy I mean you know you're you're probably looking at a top 5 player fantasy point wise, almost without even thinking about it. I mean, he lost a uh, little bit in Kevin Fiala, but they got some young players coming up in Rossi and Boldy has already been on the team as well. So I think they're going to be able to mitigate that uh, that loss. I mean, look, the, ki- the, the kid is comes as advertised, you know. I mean, it took, a lo- it took a long time for the kid to come across the pond. But, I mean, we saw last year what this kid was all about. I don't think that's going to change very much. You still have Matt Zuccarello around. The guy's not getting any younger, but he's a very savvy player. So I think that uh, I think Bill Guerin kind of short everything up with the goaltending as well. Obviously, he leaned a little bit uh, uh, closer to the flower, and Talbot was on the way out. He felt a little bit uh, uh, devalued, and and that's that's fine. I think that probably helps their situation. Mark Andre Fleury plays the bulk of the games. You got a you got a backup over there that'll do just fine. But uh, yeah, I'd say Kirill Kaprizov is definitely. Uh, somebody you want to keep an eye out for. I think anybody would want him on their team. And I think uh, the expectations from last year, I think you can kind of keep that right around the same realm for him in in regards to this year as well. So uh, Kapril Kaprizov, get him in your lineup, boys. I know. I'd love that one. He's as advertised, just like, as you said, you know, every
4: year he's progressing, he's being, I think he's even like starting to quarterback some of the power play now for, you know, uh, for that team there. And, Every single year, you know, he's been progressing just in terms of how much he's getting into the play, the ice time. So yeah, as advertised. Yeah. So you'd get, yeah, he'd have to have him. I had him um, on my team. So hope to get him nice. back.
1: <laughs> I honestly, I expect him this year to take a giant leap, even, even though like even last year was considered kind of a giant leap. There's something about what's happening around him this year. I feel like, like you said, every year he's gotten that much better. I do think there's another level for him. And I think you're going to see it this year. And like, what did he get? 106 last year. It, whatever I it was, so. he's gonna, I do think he's going to get more. I think he's going to be flirting with 120, just because he's got that talent and he's got that drive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. All right. What, what's your last beauty?
2: All right, boys. I'm going to go a little bit uh, off the uh, off the beaten path here, uh, and when I say that, I'm talking about Ilias Sorokin on the island. Oh. He's a guy that I'm pr- he's a guy that I'm pretty high on. Obviously, I think we saw last year. Uh, you know, he probably takes the reins, is, is now at least the 1A, as opposed to Simeon Varlamov being the 1B. I really think he takes a big step this year, guys. Um, if, if you're looking for a goaltender that maybe slides down a little further, either in rounds or in actual overall picks, I think this is a guy you probably want to keep an eye on. Lamarel is going to make sure that team is defensively sound. Um, do, I, do I like the fact that they got rid of Barry Trots? Not so much. Not so much. Yeah. But, but I still do think that the kid's talent will come through. I, I will say, I, I will give myself a little leeway here. I could be a year out, but uh, I think this is a guy that potentially could help you win your pool this year.
1: I don't disagree. And I and I there's last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of rumblings about the Islanders doing something, being involved in something big. Um, I think Kevin Weeks even tweeted something out recently where there's going to be like a three player or three team deal. And the Islanders are right at the center of that. And one name that keeps coming up is Kadri, although I'm pretty sure Kadri is not interested in going the Islanders the Islanders might make their push, but really, I, I mean, if he's going to be, I, I get it, right. He wants his, uh, his big payday. He deserves it and whatnot. And, and that's okay. You can get that in, in incentives and signing bonuses and things like that. If I were him though, I would look more to just take giving a, a discount and, you know, run it back as Colorado is, as they've done a couple of re-signings, they're looking like there's still, there's no reason not to consider them a, a favorite again, going into the season. So, I mean, why would you try to like, again, you're going to make more money if you go somewhere else, but you're not going to, you may not even make the playoffs. So what's the point? Like,
0: Well, yeah. Isn't that one of the biggest like stipulations about him signing is that he wanted to play for a contender, a contender.
1: Yeah. I think the Islanders would have to do a heck of a lot more than just pick up Cadre.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for real. And I mean, and the thing is, if they want to sign Cadre, they got to put, you know, they got to send off like an Anthony Beauvillier who can get you to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Or at least help, not uh, absolute get. But I mean, he's a big contributing factor to playing yeah. for the playoff.
1: I know they just got. Uh, is it. Um, who was it from the Canadians or Mike? They, I know the Islanders picked up the defenseman there. Was it Romanoff? Oh, yeah, Romanoff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't think that's enough for, for Kadri to jump ship just yet. <laughs> no,
0: no. Good ad, though. Good ad. Don't give oh, me. Absolutely.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's abs- a step in yeah, the right yeah. direction. I'm a
3: lot less optimistic. I think Kadri is. I, I'd think that he's heading to the
2: aisle, but that's just personally, I don't know.
0: It's an interesting situation in all of it.
2: Kind of helps, uh, helps out that whole alias Sorokin thing, too. Yeah, yep.
0: absolutely. I mean, and good call on that, too. Yeah, I mean, Romanov is, yeah, he's a capable D-man. D absolutely. All right, Marty, what do you got for uh, some Beauty and the
1: Beast? All right, well, I'll do similar to what Mike did. I'll start with my Beast and I'll get into the Beauties. My Beast, honestly, is... <laughs> Uh, any hype around Matt Murray in Toronto, and quite frankly, what Toronto did as a whole. Uh, I'm. I know people love Matt Murray. I know people as a character guy, as a guy you want to root for. Matt Murray is about as good as they get. Absolutely, I think his father passed away last season, something like that, and and it kind of got in the way. You know, obviously something like that gets gets in your head. But aside from that, um, to to hope that Matt Murray is actually going to be able to. Uh, You know, step in and be any sort of savior. I don't see it. I don't understand it. It's, it still blows my mind that they were so eager to do that trade. Ottawa as a whole has done great stuff in the offseason. That's pretty well documented. But to to go out and think that Matt Murray is going to be some sort of, I don't know, at at best, Matt Murray is maybe a capable backup. Um, And that's it. So Toronto's looking pretty, I don't know. It, pretty foolish in thinking that Matt Murray is going to be able to do anything better than what they what they had last year. And Jack Campbell and uh, Peter Morazic. that was a better duo than what they've got now, in my opinion, anyways.
0: Which was still questionable in the end. I mean, uh, the, the Campbell and Mrazek uh, connection was still questionable at times, and so yep. I, I just I I got to agree with you. I mean, grabbing Matt Murray when I mean. There's a Darcy Kemper out there. There's, you know, there's... Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a, t- a Cam Talbot toil, toiling yeah. in uh, Minnesota, and that's that's who you really want to take a look at is uh, you mm-hmm. know Matt Murray. I mean, yeah, yeah, just like you said, God bless him. You know, the kid's got a, yes. a heart of a lion and stuff, but it's just, you know, when it, when it comes to b- being a, a number one tendy, yep. especially in all things hockey Toronto, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's questionable. It is. It is very questionable.
1: He had a hard time in Ottawa with the press in Ottawa. And to, to, to think that he won't crumble to some degree in, in, the, in the way that, or at least the potential. Sorry, I, I don't want to necessarily assume I know everything about Matt Murray. because I cert- <coughs> Sorry, I certainly don't. But Matt Murray with the Toronto media, uh, you know, look out for his first injury. Because after that, I'm pretty sure that the, they're, everyone's going to throw Murray under the bus. And how does he respond to that? It's going to be difficult. So I, it's going to be an, it's a tiring season for him, I'm pretty sure. But hopefully I'm wrong. Because again, if there's anybody to pull for in the NHL, Matt Murray's not a bad choice at all. Because he is a good guy.
0: No, agreed. Fully agreed. All right, let's get on to the latter side of things. What are you being to, bud?
1: I, I, and I'm dead serious about this. And I know a lot of people are, are probably like, ah, you're getting ahead of yourself, but I don't think so. In Calgary, Huberto, huge chip on his shoulder right now. Um, the way things played out in Florida and how he ended up in Calgary. And now that he's resigned, man, is he eager to prove everybody wrong right now? I think you see having a career year last year, you don't expect to be on the trading block. You don't consider to be that moment. But even bigger than that, I mean, look at the the return Calgary got. It's almost an even bigger insult to what Jonathan Huberto really is. And to me, that's going to give him that extra push. I think Huberto comes out next year just flying and never lets his foot off the gas. I think he's going to just match or be in the vicinity of what he did last year, which was 115 points, but more importantly, 1.44 points per game as an average with 30 goals i think he's may not get 30 goals but i think he's gonna you know keep that consistency around that those numbers and it's gonna be pretty impressive to watch
0: well i mean you've got elias Lindholm and probably just feeding him cookies all day long but
1: it's a win-win it's i mean everyone's just gonna i don't know that calgary necessarily took a step back in anything if anything they took you know, worst case scenario, it's lateral um, because, yeah, th- so you got one guy Hubert over and let's say Gujo, but then who replaces Kachuk? Well, you look at Uyghur and what he can do on the back end defensively and what he can do to help out um, uh, well, Markstrom. But the thing is Markstrom doesn't need a whole lot of help. But maybe this is what Sutter needs to actually have a complete Sutter system uh, over in Calgary. And, and that's kind of what I'm looking at Uyghur and doing over there. Um, because I think, uh, even Mike had brought it up. We were talking on the side there and he, he brought up a good point that Calgary as a whole might actually have a, a chip on their shoulders. So I think when you've got Huberto and the whole team sort of rallying behind him, uh, it's going to be pretty impressive. So I think he's going to be quite the offensive force next year.
0: Love it. I love it. All right. Uh,
1: Me too. Keep it rolling, bud. Uh, this is a little personal Edmonton going out and getting Jack Campbell. Oh, There's okay. nothing better there really isn't anything better. I, I, I couldn't, I didn't even see Campbell as necessarily an option. And then when it started to creep up, I was like, are you kidding me? This is the best thing in the world. Talk about another chip on your shoulder. I mean, Jack Campbell is going to do to Edmonton what i only what my dreams could have hoped for last year um if it meant we had to go through what we went through last year just so that we can justify getting a campbell then so be it um i don't want to go all i love you now on ken holland um he's you know god forbid i should go back on my words because quite frankly i still stand firm that i don't like what ken holland his non-moves and what he's done to our the collective heart rate of the Edmonton Oilers fan base. Uh he's really tested all of us over the years. But uh, having Jack Campbell in Edmonton is uh I love it. It's it's awesome. And I can't wait for the season to start because of that.
0: Hey, that's 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 the biggest thing, right? Big excitement, big goaltending. I mean, with Mike Smith taking the LTI route or being forced to take the LTI right. route. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> all right, what's your what's your third beauty here?
1: My last, yeah, my last one is, uh, this is a beauty, but it still stinks for me. Jake Odinger out of Dallas. Uh, it's another goalie. I got, I say it stinks for me because I obviously, I got rid of him in a trade uh, in our league with my father. Uh, he got Jake Odinger and I got uh, Barkoff out of Florida. And, and then Florida went and got worse. <laughs> By right. Getting rid of Huberto. Uh, <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, Jake Odinger is going to, is, he's got potential to be top three in the league. Um, and he could probably, you know, steal that. When Vasilevsky starts to show his age, it'll be Jack, o- Jake Oringer that we're all going to be talking about. He's got a career right now of forty-one twenty-three, uh, two forty-six goals against, nine thirteen save percentage. The save percentage actually went up last year, even though he played twenty more games. The kid is what twelve? I like right, yeah. age He really is. Uh, sorry, twenty-three. Tw- not far from twelve. <laughs> twenty-three.
0: Just the, you know, hop, skip, and a jump. Eh?
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he's next level. Good. Um, and I believe it or not, I, I full-heartedly believe that he gets even better this year. No, no starting in the AHL for him this year. He's got the full rate, like a complete grasp of the reins of the, of the starting job in Dallas. I think this is going to be exciting for him. Um, but I think he's got such a great demeanor about him in his game, got great positioning, got great vision. This year he's going to be even that even not much better. Last year he was 30-15 with 253-914. Believe it or not, this is the year he gets 920 and possibly even the two uh, goals against uh, area. So Jake Odenger is my last one.
0: Unreal. Yeah, I mean I don't I, I can't see anything wrong with that. I mean, Odinger was just yeah. unreal just even in the playoffs. I mean, actually gave Dallas <laughs> a fighting chance against uh, Calgary. So yeah, I can, Absolutely. I I've got nothing wrong with that, really.
1: No,
4: No, I love all the picks, boys. Those are great. But since I did the homework on this, I just kind of want to throw mine out there just real quick. And you just just give me a heads up or down on some of these uh, beauties and one of the beasts I have here. I got Quentin Byfield, um, Carter Verhage, and Bo Byram as, you know, my beauties. Then I think Marc Andre Fleury as my beast here. You know, I think uh, just he's uh,
1: kind of not much
4: treading the tires. How do you feel about it, boys?
1: I have to say, I agree with you on the Marc Andre Fleury. Um, I think. Minnesota would prefer to one year. Um, I think two years because out of respect. Um, but I do think we've seen the best of Flurry. I think those are those days are behind. it. I don't think. I don't. I. I anyways, I, I, I. completely agree with you. I think this. This is a contract that's of back. That's going to come back to hurt them. I think so. Yeah, I agree with that for sure.
2: Right on. Right now, on. Now, in regards to the beauties, if I'm not mistaken, you said Bowen Byram, Carter Verhaeghe. And the first one was?
4: Uh, I had uh, um, it was uh, Quinn. Oh, Byfield. Byfield. Quentin Byfield. Byfield, Byfield.
2: Byfield yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think all three of those, very, very nice astute picks. Byfield, we're not sure. I mean, he's that big hulking kind of power forward, right? And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the site, uh, Dauber Hockey. We have it up here. And it, I mean, it's our Bible up here. Yeah. Basically, they kind of go on a 400 games played uh, threshold for those big hulking kind of guys to really start to find their stride. Byfield, unfortunately, I believe, has got only under 50 games played, but this is a guy uh, I, I think that's a nice little pick. I mean, I do think that his skill set is going to lend quite well with that organization. And I think Bowen Byram, I unfortunately think with Colorado, uh, he's probably going to potentially get traded from that organization, but We'll see how it all plays out in regards to his development, but it's another great pick. And as for Carter Verhage, I think that's another guy that oh. it's, it's the type of player. I think that um, you, a, a hockey, a hockey pool, like it can win your fantasy league, um, especially with the changes down there in Florida, who knows, maybe he's the type of guy that can kind kind of come right up the pipe, right up the middle and start to eat up some of that, that ice time power play time. So You know, I think those are three really astute picks. And, I mean, we all know the Matthews and the Goudreaux and and, and the Marners. Those are all the guys that are going to get their cookies. They're going to get their points. They're going to get their apples. But it's those types of players that you really got to look into uh, to win your hockey pool. You know, going after a guy that maybe a lot of people think are going to get, you know, 50, 55, 60 points, and he ends up getting 80 so oh, yeah. i think those three picks that you made there are those types of players is it going to happen this year maybe not but i think all three of those players are on quite a trajectory to to help out any fantasy team totally and i can feel like you know Verhegi is you know it's like kind of like a
4: cadre he's very clutch he shows up in the playoffs and he'll throw some apples in you know like when you need it the most so he's a very unpredictable player yeah. so yeah
0: a nice bit of edge to him, too. Absolutely.
2: Good comparison, actually. That's a good call. I would agree with that That wholeheartedly. He. Those are the types of players that can help you win championships, both in real life and also in your fantasy pool as well. Oh, yeah. Nick, what do you got for Beauty and the Beast? All right. Well, I uh, have the benefit
3: of going forth here. It's really, a really tough look. Heard a lot of names already go off from all these great fellas, but uh, I think my beast definitely would have to be Nazem Kadri, uh, personally. I think he is going to leave the abs, but I no salty abs fan here. I think even – No way. No, but, I mean, even if he stays with the abs, I think he's going to have a little bit of a fall-off. Had a career year. I mean, put up absolutely electric numbers. Um, just, we've seen him – put up good numbers in the past but not like we've seen him do this past season yeah. so i mean that is my pick for uh my beast this year
0: it is a bit of an outlier liar in the long run really
3: for sure um getting into some of the beasts or i mean some of the beauties i mean i had a uh, matthew kachuk as one of my beauties i think the uh yeah. the big contract and the Uh, immense talent pool that he's getting ready to get dropped into and play with (laughs) um I think he's gonna have an electric year I think he's gonna put up some big numbers I think playing with you know guys like Barkov definitely is gonna help I mean I'm just dishing to him all day so
1: and then and I think just the sheer fact that Kachuk is actually growing as a player, and he's going to do that in Florida. Like he's just at the beginning stage of his career. You're about to see another level for him. So doing that with Barkov, a player like Barkov and Bergey, really, uh, yeah, it's going to be. You're right. I think he is going to actually explode a little bit more this year.
2: Well, and you know what, Mar- Marty and I were talking about about it while you guys were setting up there, in in regards to um, the intangibles that that Kachuk can bring. I mean. I think we were all surprised at Huberto going the other way, and it's it's a big it's a big risk for Bill Zito out there, the GM in Florida. But maybe he sees the, those intangibles that he can bring, that sandpaper sandpaper he can bring to the club. Maybe he sees that as the missing ingredient to his his team. So I mean, yes, it's a big risk, but you know what? Uh, like you're saying, he's getting dropped into a, a team that's got an, an immense amount of talent, and I mean this guy i think it could be the limit for this player here
3: mm-hmm. yeah no 100 percent. i just i think he's gonna have a big year this year and i mean big years to come for sure um yeah as far as i'm scrambling a little bit for the rest of my beauties because i had bo byrum and krill Kaprizov. And... just uh,
0: just before you move on i think it's i think it's uh mack i think it's uh going the same way as uh jonathan Huberdo. You know, uh, he may not have much of a more of a chip on the shoulder, but I mean, he's still coming into a a completely new hockey market. And, you know, you want to he wants to show what he's worth and and how, you know, when you trade away to like fan favorites, not just fan favorites, but high rolling hockey players, you know, you want to come in and say, yeah, I'm worth what you guys gave away. So I feel like it's it's. I mean, in the same sense, but point. just a little bit different of a, you know, um, what, what would you call it? A determination. Well, a different,
1: of... a different type of chip on your shoulder. Like right, a, if right. For Huberto, it's more like I, you know, you gave up too much, and you know, I deserve to be. If you're going to trade for me, it deserves to be for more. But you're right. For Kachuk, it's kind of like you know what? No, I need to show you guys that this was a, the, you know, the players and, and the pieces in in this trade were deserving
0: absolutely and, and and yeah so that's kind of my thought on it too so just wanted to hop in there real quick no you're good
3: i think uh where i'm gonna go with my second beauty here i mean we all know that he's already elite he just won the norris but I oh, think Kelma... wow
0: way, way to take the easy road well, <laughs> really, way to make me go that's forth. picking the low-hanging fruit that's what that is right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's still going to get
3: better is the thing. I mean, he's he's That's only true. 23 years old. Undeniable. We haven't Undeniable. even – see, I don't even think he's completely scratched the whole surface yet. So. I think you're, you're right, right, yeah. Sure. I mean, I think he's definitely – this year is going to be the year that he takes over as the best uh, defenseman in the league, in my opinion.
0: Yeah.
2: All right, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I, I would sh- – I have to fully agree with that. I mean, look, at guys, I mean, we we don't need to tell you. You guys got to watch him 82 times this year. And this guy, in my personal opinion, he's dominating at such an early age right now. And I totally agree with you. I think there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more defensive maturity to come to his game as well. Like, this guy is just going to be an absolute rock. An absolute rock for that organization for easily the next decade, 12 years. Oh, yeah. I mean... I, the, the superlatives that you can talk about this player, I mean, uh, who was it? I think it was uh, uh, Kirby Doc. He broke his goddamn ankles there against the boards on that one play there, yeah. where he ended up going top shelf on uh, Marc-Andre Fleury Roof, when they played the Blackhawks earlier in the year. That <laughs> like that stuff from a defenseman, that's just absolutely crazy. That's nuts. Uh, I mean... It's I, mental. Uh,
0: and, and you see him do it in the playoffs, you know, against almost... A, every single team that the abs played against the playoffs he's he's still breaking ankles in
2: every series it's unbelievable what this kid can do it really really is and the footwork on this kid is superb is just absolutely incredible godlike Especially when you think about, you
4: know, there's a question that was asked in our last podcast, just seeing the speed from Nathan McKinnon, you see, you know, McCarr just, you know, on the ice together, just the way they're innovating the game, you know, what, you know, future prospects are looking for is going to be pretty insane, especially to see these five or six year old kids watching what they're doing and trying to add that to their game.
2: You know, sports really
4: just going to grow and just be more innovated over the years. How do you guys feel about that aspect?
2: All all I was going to say, and you know what, I'm going to probably out myself here anyway, but I'm going to try and get rid of some of the sting before you guys lay lay the hammer down on me. When it comes to uh, uh, the Calgary Flames, I was all over these guys all year long, and I kept saying that Colorado was going to run into a defensive stalwart in them. Well, I'm saying all of this because we all saw how, how it went for the Avalanche all playoffs, that was a wave after a wave after a wave of just continuous speed from that lineup. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a team. I've never seen a team march their way to the Stanley Cup by forcing so much speed and just endless waves of line after line after line. And, guys, I I, mean, I don't know if you noticed it during the playoffs. I certainly did. You could see that. other. They were wearing other teams out with just the speed. Just the pace of the game that they were able to continue to play after the first period, into the second, deep into the third. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the way they were able to, to impose the way they play hockey on the other four teams marching their way to the Stanley Cup was very, very impressive. And I'll be honest with you, I did not expect that in any way, shape, or form. I thought once they were going to come up to a stalwart defensive team, that that team would be able to put an end to that. And that just plain out, flat out, did not happen. Period. That's that's kind of what I was
1: going to say, Mike, is the fact that the way they imposed their play on other teams and seemed... So unwaverable, sure. like there was no way to get this team off of their game. Even, even nope. if the, some of the momentum may have shifted at one point, like I'm thinking back of, um, when they were playing against Tampa and Sam comes right out and scores a goal nice and early. It was like 40 seconds in something like that. Oh, yeah. it, ne- it still didn't feel like Colorado was ever going to lose it. It never felt like that. All the swagger was on Colorado and I don't see this team being any differently. And the fact that you nope. pick McCarr as actually being, it, which is true. He will take another step. If it wasn't for the fact that McDavid is in the league, I would even say that McCarr could at some point be the, the our defense, our Bobby Orr, a guy who could, oh, a easily. defenseman who can actually challenge for the points lead in yeah. the league. I think McCarr's got that, but again, you've got McDavid, you got dry side So like, it's obviously gonna be a little bit difficult, but he got 86 and 77 last year and he's still just getting better. I don't know. It, 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 I, I'm not going to say that he can do it because, again, of some players are out there, but uh, he could challenge for the top five. He could he could easily do that.
4: Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and kind of, you know, last point on this, because, you know, we're going to brag about the ass. We're from Colorado, obviously. But, you know, as, <laughs> yeah. as we go, go back to that, you know, you're right. You know, the ass are just such a fast team. I don't think they're going to be any different than what they were no, this last no. year. And and they're a team that goes they're so quick. I've seen so much. I've seen so much layering from other defensive teams through the neutral zone. In the offensive zone. And the abs are so fast and they're so quick that they will force you out of the position. The closest guy to the puck has to move. Right. And so that's just what, you know, they did best for sure. Just no matter
1: what. It's suffocating to play against a team like that, like the abs have line after line. It's suffocating. You think, you know, like, no, we're going to roll out with our plan. (laughs) And that's too bad. You don't got time to set up your play. (laughs) The abs are already down the ice. McCarthy's already behind your goalie. And what are you going to do? You just blinked.
0: Yeah, to impose a physical presence. I mean, yeah, you you, you laid a him. you laid a hit on that guy. I mean, you might have caught one caught one of the abs players to lay a hit on him. But I mean, the rest of the the rest of the team's already down the other right, the other yeah. end of the ice yeah. with the puck, <laughs> support, like so already well. setting up, and you're still just like. Yeah, I got, a, I got a pretty nice hit on that. Holy shit. I mean, they're already at the, at the other end of the <laughs> yeah. guy, So, It's unchecked speed. It truly is. It really is. And Honestly,
1: though, it's probably some of the most fun hockey you can watch right now. Colorado Avalanche are absolutely one of the best teams. to If you're just getting into hockey, you want to jump on that bandwagon. You would want to jump on the
2: Avalanche for sure. That's why
0: that final was just so entertaining, man. I mean, I, yes. I mean like Tampa Bay versus the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, truly the two best teams going yep. at it just Been waiting off. for it just unreal absolutely yeah. <laughs> all right what's your third uh what's your third beauty over there nick
3: uh i'm actually a little kind of a deep cut because i'm high on the sends this year uh i think alex de is gonna yeah. have a oh, monster buddy. year
2: oh, for sure it's a beauty yeah. that I, is that's a, a beauty, beauty i think that's that a beauty He's gonna
3: have a monster year with like norris and stutzla and i mean oh, Giroux oh, and just you name it, yeah. Giroux, i'm Giroux, like
1: I'm high on this sense Ottawa. Ottawa. Ottawa, Dorian really outdid himself this year.
0: What a new look, man! What a new look. Yeah.
1: you know. gotta wonder if because of the huge transformation, if that does not actually point a finger at the unfortunately he he's deceased now, but his his daughters took over. Uh, but the GM Milnick, who passed away, you gotta wonder if. He was the reason why Dorian couldn't actually pull the trigger on a lot of the deals that we thought were going to happen last year and the year before. I'm
0: speculative. I'm actually quite speculative. I And I'll tell you this mm. for, for, for just like honestly. Uh, Melnick, uh, you know, he was kind of on my shit list, man. I I just. Yes. I never had a lot. Had a lo- yeah. A, well, yeah. I mean fuck, I'm not even in Ottawa, and he's, like, top of my shit. You know, but but I I really think he had a lot to say about what was going on uh, with uh, Dorian's move, and I think now, I mean, that's, like, leash is off, baby, let's go.
1: Yeah. look at what he's done. Like he's, he did this in the span of like a month. Like this is some impressive work, what he's done to this team. Now this team and on top of that, he went out and got himself a a goalie, which was not a glaring issue. They still had hope there, but they've kind of solidified themselves as a a serious playoff contender. Um, So they shouldn't be on the outside looking and they should make the playoffs this year,
0: at least in the mix, man. I mean, in the mix, Yeah, they're making
1: the playoffs. Oh, that's yeah,
0: that's a so. that's a that's a tough cut right there. All right, calling my shot. Calling <laughs> Babe Ruth nice. in the motherfucker.
2: I agree. I think no, that's negative. a good shot to call, boys. Yeah. That is definitely a good shot to call.
0: Oh man, all right. So I I got a beauty in the oh jeez. So I mean I, I'm gonna start actually with my beauties because I mean I've been thinking about this for a while now. I mean I've got to hear all your lovely picks. I mean my first beauty, gotta go Arturi Lekanen. Lecky is going to have a whale of a year. I mean, this is a this is a team built for Lecky, man. I swear. I mean, in your face, super fast, skilled, talented, a little bit of an edge. I mean, you saw it in the playoffs, man. The kid was in, always in the right position.
2: No, no, I was, I was just saying, I'm totally agreeing with you. Like, I mean, being a Habs fan, I know exactly what you're talking about in regards to this guy. He was an absolute perfect fit. End of story. Like, perfect fit.
0: And I mean, he. It's like you know, it took him uh, what, what, two to three games to really fit in. I mean, obviously the points didn't come right away, but as soon as he really got into that groove, it was just like this team was a perfect
2: fit for him. He's a jack of all trades, right? So I mean, he can go in there, he can play any way you want.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, and that's that's the thing, man. And playing with, and I, I think, him and Val Nachushkin, uh just fit so well together they yeah, the most, They're a little val. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what we started calling the them mini val. Like mini nuke because I mean both of them are just they're so bothersome, you know, on the four check in the defensive zone. It just anywhere. They're just gophers, you know, they get in, they dig their they dig their holes right around the right, right around the puck and next yeah. thing you know it's turning around the other way. Or it's been in the back of the net. Yeah. With, with careless yeah, exactly. uh with careless defensive plays in the offensive zone. So that's got to be my first beauty um but uh my second beauty it's it's got to be uh Tim Stutzla. Tim Stutzla. Oh, nice. Uh, I mean we we already we already had our go on about Ottawa. There's not a lot of other reasoning to throw out there. I mean, going to be playing with Giroud to brink it. I mean, it's just oh, I mean, this is so good. This is a this is a dream lineup for Stutzla and you know, I think a lot of his problems the last like the last year is that you know, he doesn't have a lot of people to feed the puck to or the puck to feed to him. So, you know, I think I honestly think him and De unreal. It's gonna be insane.
1: Yeah, that's I be agree. a scary team. That's gonna be a scary um uh, power play, too. Like this team has got a lot to prove, but um <laughs> I think they're just gonna have a lot of fun. And that's what the, right. the yeah. scary thing about this team is they're gonna enjoy playing with each other.
0: Exactly. And I mean, we saw that with the Avs. You know, you saw just how how much fun they had playing with each other. And I think that's just going to reverberate. Like, and I think that actually sent a big message out to the league that like, you know, you can have fun in this league and play with, play with good players and have a good time. And I think that's where, where where it really broke, you know, where the Avs really broke the barrier is that like, basically after that just dismal 43 point season, you know, uh, a little changes in the (laughs) locker room, you know, cleared the air a little bit and, had a, just uh, took took a refocus and just realized you guys, you guys, you boys, this is your team. Have fun with it, you know. And I think yeah, that's exactly, exactly what's happening in Ottawa. So that's a really good point. I gotta agree with you. Um, my uh my third beauty uh gotta be Jason Robertson. Jason, if they if they oh, can get nice. him, if they can get him signed, uh, as far as I can tell, they're still in talks. As long as they can get him signed and get him a little bit more time. I mean, there's no, they, the, the kid's got major upside. And with Radulov going back to the KHL, he's going to see more time no matter what.
2: I totally agree. I mean, I think uh, Robertson has got a major, major amount of upside yet to, for us to see. And the, the scary part is we've seen a hell of a lot of it already. I mean, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about Dallas overall. I mean, I'd certainly want to do a little bit of a deeper dive on him, but They've got some really, really great pieces and some really important positions down there. So, I mean, things are looking up for sure. They have
1: pieces. It's just whether or not they've got enough um, that's changing over from last year to this year. Like, where, where are, the, is, is all, are all their hopes sort of resting on their young kids getting better? Um, or are they actually going to go out and do anything, do something else and maybe get it a little bit better?
0: Now, I, I, let, let, let me be clear here. The reason why I'm saying this, too, uh, another reason, is uh, Peter DeBoer. I mean, coming in, getting signed as the new, new head coach. First thing he says, I want more scoring. I want more scoring. I think Peter DeBoer has a pretty good offensive mind to put Robertson and, I mean, hell, even Sagan back into a position where they can start scoring more goals. And, uh, That'd be nice. That's that's kind of why I'm leaning on Robertson right now is because of DeBoer's mindset coming into this and saying I want more scoring. I want I want more offensive chances. You know, uh, the the de- defense, I mean, pretty solid. I mean, high losing Klingberg was a bit of a a jive, but yeah. I mean, still, you can always think of Dallas as a pretty solid defensive team. So, DeBoer coming in here, he might he's, he's going to shake it up going to shake up the offense and get more scoring you know what i mean
2: you know That's you do a make good, a good, good point, point. Be, you do make good a good point because i do believe rick bonus is is probably you know a little bit leans a little bit more to the defensive side of the game so you know what you make a good point there with the switch of DeBoer coming in maybe that changes the culture a little bit that way and maybe they do kind of focus a little bit more on the offensive side and again uh, to extension, uh, uh, by extension, sorry, uh, Robertson will uh, will benefit from that.
3: Yeah, I do tend to agree with uh, both of you, Mike and Marty, there, though. I mean, because I think Dallas, they have some great pieces, but opposite ends of the spectrum, they have some good young pieces, and then the rest of their team is ancient. So there's not a yeah, whole lot of middle exactly. ground there. So they either have potential yeah. to be really decent, in my opinion, or – fall off and just be
2: like what the islanders were this year yeah kind of a bubble kind of a bubble team look right now for sure
0: oh yeah, yeah. for my beast um this is this is bit of the low hanging fruit it's going to be john klingberg klingberg in uh in anaheim i just uh you know that he had a down year last year uh his offensive yeah. uh output just went by the wayside i don't know what happened but yeah. i just don't see anything else happening in Anaheim and I and you know we've we've heard about all that uh, you know contract drama where the Dallas Stars offered him a huge contract a while ago that's I think that's going to be weighing on his mind too that's going to that's going to affect a bit of the uh, a bit of his play and you know I just I, I don't really see anybody else really contributing to much of his success in anaheim
1: no that's a good call him going over anaheim it it was really just a way of in in, almost in a sense to stay in the league um because it's not a move for him that makes much sense um so he took whatever he can take or sorry he took whatever he can get and he's over in anaheim now and like you said there's not there's not much there's a couple of good pieces in Anaheim, but they're far from being anywhere. If anything, I would have preferred to have stayed in Dallas. Uh, so this, the, you're it's a good point. I like that you had said this was a low hanging fruit because it's true. This is a bit of a question, a questionable move.
0: I mean, especially what? What was it? Uh, seven mil for one year? Yeah. Steep, steep. I mean, obviously, yeah. like the term. The term is acceptable, but seven million for it, a clean it felt bird. more yeah. like
3: this was a move. I mean, the Ducks were taking a flyer on a guy who has played good hockey, and they also had to get to the cap floor. So they're just yeah, exactly. They're just
4: meh, seeing what happens. What yeah. can you do with one million dollar raising <laughs> cap?
0: Well, not much, obviously. Yes. Yeah, all right, like I'm, I'm really stoked we got to do a Beauty and the Beast with you boys. I mean, we uh, like even. Even when we're touting your uh, wonderful, wonderful abilities on our on our shout-out, uh, it's it's just exciting to be a part of it. So that's awesome. Uh,
1: that's cool. Cool. Well,
2: thanks, boys.
0: Well, all right. Now, if you've ever listened to the episodes, you'll know that Mike is a huge Habs fan and Marty is a huge Edmonton Oilers fan. So we want to get your guys' thoughts on their offseason so far and where they're going to be headed. So take it away,
1: Mike, I think uh, the Canadians have been the busiest. So why don't you head this one first uh,
2: in regards to the, to their draft? I'm super happy with them taking the big hulking winger at first overall. Now that I know that they have Kirby doc as the, a nice centerman, six foot three guy, uh, you know, it's just under a 200 pounds. So they're getting, they're getting bigger in a hurry. Um, I, 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 at the end of the day for me, it's about building this up so that they're a competitive team for a number of years. Like, you know everybody talks about it and everybody says yeah we want to be competitive for the next decade and then they get to the to the point where they're competitive and then they just can't stay there so i want the culture to be the way they want it to be um i want to make sure that you know i think marty st. louis staying in as coach is exactly yes. what they needed yes. um he's a piece of Obviously, a player's coach, uh, recently removed from the game. So, I mean, you're not getting a guy that's been out of the game or, or, or stopped playing for the past 10 years here. I mean, you know, he's recently retired. So, you know, he's, he's definitely a, a, a source of knowledge for any of those players, young and old. Uh, so, loving the GM. Uh, I, I love the, the, the job that he's doing there as well. Love the trades over the draft. I mean, in a general sense, obviously, I really like with where Montreal is going. I think they're going in the right direction. I think the only hiccup in the get along right now is Carey Price's contract. Oh, um, yeah. Like I was telling Marty, like I was telling Marty earlier on when you guys were setting up, I just I haven't heard anything positive. I have I haven't heard anything overall, so it's not like I heard anything negative either. But I just haven't gotten any kind of sense that this guy's ready to go here for the start of the year. And frankly, if I'm being honest. With where my team is at right now, I think it's more beneficial for him not to be ready for the start of the season. I mean, let's let's face it, guys. I, I mean, let you know we, we can all sit here and say that teams don't tank, but they do tank.
0: Uh, and Arizona I mean, much? It, 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 <laughs>
2: is it is it beneficial for Montreal to get carry Price into as many games as they can this year? That's debatable, depending well, that's on which the, way you yeah. want to look at it. Yeah. depending on which way you want to look at it. And unfortunately I'm looking for my team to be the best team that it can be over the next few years. And that means a higher draft pick. So sorry, Carrie stay at home. Fair. I think so. Mike, I did have just one question here for you.
3: I, uh, during, dr- during draft night when the Canadians were doing all the crazy things that they were doing, you guys got the big winger. When Gary Bettman walked out there and announced that he had two trades <laughs> and they both were involved in the Canadians. Did Did you think that you guys possibly got the fourth pick there and were going Shane Wright? Or, I mean, I mean, you said you had no idea about Kirby Doc, so I'm just curious where you thought no. maybe you guys were going there. Well,
2: if I may take just a little bit of time, I can run you through Absolutely. my kind of whole emotions for the first, like, let's say, five picks.
0: Oh, beautiful. So, of the
2: course, they get up there. Of the course, they get up there, and I, I've told Marty the whole story. Uh, his brother as well, we talked on our last po- uh, the last podcast of the season. They asked me the same question. Who do you want? We've been after centerman for two decades, boys. So I wanted Shane Wright. The guy who's basically ready to play, good defensively, can chip in offensively, no problem whatsoever. They get up there. I closed my eyes. And of course, you hear where they're drafting from first, not the player's name. So whenever he goes ahead and says the club's name and whatever, I'm like, holy fuck, we went after the winger.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like so that's almost so like dropping and, to the bottom of your stomach, and, 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 basically.
2: And, and, well, what, what I was going to say is at that particular point, I'm disappointed. So pick number two comes up. New Jersey goes with the Dumin. I'm quite surprised. I thought that maybe the right would go to the next available team. Third pick comes up. They pick Cooley. And then Bettman gets up there. So, of course, they give him the fucking booze. And
1: That's then he comes true. out and
2: he says, you may want to hold off. It's, it's both trades involve your Habs. And I'm sitting there saying, what in God's name are we doing now? So, as soon as he says Kirby Doc, and as soon as we got that deal, then I was fine 100% with taking the winger, the hulking winger, at number one. Because you guys know just as well as Marty and I do, and I'm not saying that Slavkovsky is going to end up being some elite winger, but they come around few and far between. The kid is six foot four, 220 pounds as an 18 year old and no professional team has gotten their strength and conditioning coach on this kid yet. So to me, the, the possibilities are endless.
0: All right, Marty. How about you and your Edmonton Oilers over there, bud?
1: Okay. Well, uh, I, first and foremost, and I think it's already been pretty obvious, Jack Campbell. But I've already talked about him. But I, I think the the, the fact that he was able, to, or sorry, that the Oilers were able to re-sign Bouchard and Kulak and Kane as a big one too. Kane, I think he came in at a bit of a discount, but I think it's because he played a season with McDavid and thought I've never played this good before. So, or he, oh, I shouldn't say that he's been a good player in the past, but not like this. And when you get the opportunity to play with dry and McDavid, you kind of jump at it. And if it means you got to take a little bit less, I think you do. Um, and then as much as I'm not. Big on these players, I'm happy that they re signed Yamamoto and pull We needed to fill in some spots. It makes sense to keep them around. They kind of understand the situation of everything that's going. There's still room for them to, to grow and having them on the second and third lines actually kind of flows pretty nicely. I do kind of wish there would have been one, maybe two more signings to just get some fresh faces in there. Something a little bit different than a Fogle who didn't really do anything last year. And yeah, that maybe even, I don't know, Ryan is still around or not, but uh, I'm Like these players didn't necessarily live up to secondary scoring expectations. They kind of fell off and and nothing came from them. Now is there hope maybe Woodcroft, you know, being a new coach coming in different system, the whole season, maybe that's a different maker. Plus, you know, again, with Campbell in the back, definitely a huge upgrade from Smith. So, all those little things, maybe that's why they decided to keep those pieces in there. But really, I got to say, I'm very excited about, I'm looking at the top line right now of Hyman, McDavid, and Kane, and then second line Hopkins, Dreissel, Yamamoto. There's nothing wrong with that. That looks fantastic. So I'm excited. I think all everything I just mentioned with resigning Bouchard, Kulalik, uh, Kulik, sorry, um, those are reasons to think that uh, Edmonton should be should be able to take another step towards the cup (laughs) will they win the cup maybe not uh but they'll uh, I do think that this is a step closer
0: now I've got two things I got two things all right all right uh what do you think about the Matias Janmark signing because I was really impressed with that a very good depth like uh you know the two uh like second line third line just ringer basically and do you think Evander Kane will be able to uh Dial back his ego and dial back All this drama that uh, That just seems to surround him
1: Uh, Yeah And then that's a big question right like I mean He he did He did well for himself um, Last year In keeping it tempered And not really bringing too much Attention to himself Um, Uh, The fake COVID Was
0: kind of sketchy That's all I gotta say I'm sorry (laughs)
1: Well, and Mike, even at one point had talked about, uh, and I I do agree with him that there's certain times or certain things and certain players that maybe, you know, a third or fourth chance isn't necessary and you don't need to bring a player like that back in and they don't deserve to be in the league. I know that there's a feeling for that uh, within a lot of, with a lot of people that I've talked to that Kane shouldn't even be in the league, taking his, you know, his off ice stuff aside, taking away his, you know, his, is uh, was it? An Instagram picture he did with that money, like it was a phone, yeah. whatever, and like it's stuff like that. He needs to grow up and grow out of. And I do think that Edmonton is actually a good spot for exactly him to mature and grow out of that kind of stuff. Edmonton is not exactly your it's not LA, it's not New York, it's not even Toronto, flashing lights it's a, kind it's of thing. It's quiet, right? Like there's not much to do there. So hopefully that keeps him out of trouble. Yeah. But I think more than anything else, he realized last year that it was obvious that he was on his last leg. And if he was to screw that up, he probably wasn't going to be back in the league. Um, so he kept his mouth shut, kept kept the stuff off ice, off the ice, uh, at least out of the newspapers. And, you know, playing with McDavid doesn't hurt. Uh, that's no, that's kind of the push means. there, I think, for him. So uh, I think he actually plays even better this year. I think he does a lot more. Um, okay. So well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But, I, you know, hopefully... Hopefully,
0: I'm right. <laughs> right. Well. I hope, well. Like, I mean. I mean. For for everybody's sake, you know. I hope. I really hope this guy really turned a corner. You know. You know. You never want to like take a look at a hockey yeah. player, especially in the league, and be like, well, oh, that guy's a scumbag," and you know, he just he keeps giving you reasons to do it. So, but my second yeah. question was, uh, what do you think of the Matthias Janmark trading uh, uh, signing? Because I was personally oh, right. really, uh, really impressed with that signing. Um. I.
1: I'll be honest. It's it's a, it seems like it's a filler, um, which you need that, right. You need that every once in a while, but I I don't know much about him other than like, is he secondary or is he third? Uh, Or do you lean on him as a third scoring option? I don't know that I'm not really sure why you would want to get excited about it. Maybe you can tell me why you're excited about it. Yeah.
0: All right. I'll I'll just, I'll just lay it out for you real quick. Uh, For me, I mean, Especially for just us as Colorado Avalanche fans, uh, he was a big reason why we lost uh, in 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 the uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs two years ago. Because Matthias Janmark had such a st- uh, put such a statement in playing. I mean, the man the man really go- flies under the radar, but when you actually see him play a long period of time, yeah, yeah. he actually is extreme, he's almost like an artillery in where he's really just like a Swiss army knife and it oh, okay. really does he is. He can be a game changer it's just the fact is is that he just hasn't got enough time, so um, when I saw Matthias Janmark going to, you know, a team like the Edmonton Oilers where maybe that like bottom three is maybe a little less existent than you'd, you'd like it to be I really feel like that's a huge step up for for
1: Edmonton. And actually, that would be exactly where I would place him. I would place him on the third line, and if Fogel decides to stick around, shift him down to the third line. But right now, they've got them. They got Yanmark on the fourth, and I don't know why they would do that. Um, I'm quite. Curious I, I kind of like the well. idea of having one in the third because if he's if he's what you say you, he is, and he's sort of a thorn in your side, you want to get him a little bit more playing time, and the third line seems kind of perfect for him, so that the other team can get annoyed with him just enough so that your star players can start taking advantage. So yeah, maybe maybe that's the idea there because I'm looking at daily faceoff, and it, they're not like their last time they projected their lineup was on the 17th of July. Oh yeah, so it's a little bit behind um but yeah maybe that's the idea maybe it's to have him on the third with mcleod and uh Arby. and actually that kind of that, that kind of that's worth getting excited about oh for sure absolutely well just kind of
4: tell us about you know more about the podcast and kind of the future and where you want to really see this you know grow you kind of cover that a little bit but what are your main projects like right now and how do you really prep for this uh, upcoming fantasy
1: uh hockey season here
0: and uh, overall how'd the first season go yeah
1: how'd it go uh is that uh one thing that is going to change is our logo i know that's not terribly exciting but we need to change the logo <laughs> it and, is it uh, is a little my wife is going to be able to get on that uh, in the next couple of weeks a little bit different uh, than just the year months a little more pizzazz
0: sure. yeah for sure <laughs> 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 all right mike yeah so uh just yeah kind of elaborate on what uh what bryce said you know like how was the how was the first year of the podcast i mean we all have our ups and downs kind of throw that out and you know, maybe kind of mark the uh, mark the new Oregon Trail, if you will, for uh, to lag in your second year.
2: Um, in regards to our first year, I mean, look, if you're asking me and Marty personally, um, we thought we had quite a successful first year. Uh, we had over a thousand five. Well, I'll round it off here to a thousand five hundred and fifty lessons. Um, we, we were quite happy with that uh, that outcome. Um, you know. A, of course, like you're mentioning, there are some ups and downs to beginning a podcast. I mean, I, I had never done anything like this myself. Um, you know, listen, we all love to talk hockey, and it, it gave me an outlet to do that. Uh, so I jumped at the opportunity. Uh, Marty, a couple of years beforehand, had uh, kind of wanted to start something, and things just didn't uh, end up uh, uh, aligning themselves, if you will. And then before you know it, here I am, kind of at our local electronics store, and going and grabbing everything that I need to, to cast started. And, and we just kind of, you know, basically like, just like you guys, we kind of likes on and you just start talking shop and you start, uh, you know, talking about uh, uh, in a case, our, 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 fantasy league. Um, so, I mean, as, as a first year as a whole uh, we, we actually thought we did, we did fairly well. Uh, there's always improvements that you can make to your podcast i mean as you boys both know social media is definitely something that uh i need familiarize myself a little bit more with uh in regards to the ins and outs of it and just kind of uh you know navigating through that a little bit better but uh as an overall, I thought we both did uh, uh, quite well. Uh, I mean, it's you know, it's not overly uh, difficult. Like I say, you turn the mics on, you kind of get things going. And uh, I actually, I, sh- I shouldn't say that because I'm not the one doing the uh, editing or anything like that. So I've, it's a little bit easier for me, let's say, uh, just kind of getting on and, and getting my thoughts out and uh, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, the first year was pretty successful for us, boys, I, I have to say.
0: And, that, and and that's the thing, man. As long as you you know you're coming up a little more positive than negative, that's really what it is. I mean, for God's sakes, you know, when when we started, there just like three guys huddling around one mic, so it's a it uh how would you say just like looking back on it like it the pride factor really kind of comes into it, doesn't it?
2: Oh, it does for me. I mean, listen, I mean, I I, I would assume you guys are the same as us and probably, you know, most podcasters or are really just anybody who's out there you know getting the job done pounding the pavement and 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 doing their jobs i mean you do have a little bit of pride in what you're doing there and you know we we want to come out with with a good product and you know uh, do we have to refine some things of course we do uh you know that 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 comes down to personal us and, and and being uh, having a better vocabulary to a certain extent, you know, uh, podcasters will always joke that they kind of tend to go to, the, to, to their certain lines, right? I mean, Marty and I both tend to say at the end of the day a lot. So <laughs> what was kind of funny is we use that as leverage and uh, any kind of extra um episodes that we did uh on our hiatus throughout the summer is part of our is part of our end of the day package if you will so you know we we, you make fun of yourself a little bit even with some of the things that you 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 struggle with or or that are you know a difficulty depending on how you you view it but uh yeah absolutely going back to the to the pride factor i mean you guys want to do a great job you want to have you want to do a great job for your listeners and uh, of course for yourselves and we want to do the same thing and uh, you know, certainly Marty touched on it a little bit. We definitely want to try and uh, be engaged a little bit more or, or get some more engagement from our, our listeners uh, in regards to improving the program. So absolutely. Pride is always in there. You want to you want to do a great job and you want to uh, send out a great product. Absolutely. Yeah. So, two part question. So the first part would be, you know, as you're do-
4: going through all this you know, information for fantasy hockey, how are your, um how yeah. are you getting, you know, how much homework are you doing day by day? How much information are you looking at to make sure you're not messing something up when you're giving advice to a, a listener or something like that? And second question or on that is going to be, you know, as you're, you know, going through all this information, how do you decipher, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what is the best advice to give somebody? Is it just your opinion or are you getting these this information from out, other sources? How do you give them information?
2: Well, as for my main source of information, I mentioned it a little bit earlier on in the podcast. Um, it, for myself, I I am on Dauber Hockey uh, a fair bit. Um, we actually uh, we actually got some prize packs from Dauber uh, over the uh, past few weeks, and we'll be passing out five of those over the next couple of weeks here. And some you. of the boys in the league got it, and we shared the file and everything. So everybody's going to take advantage of it and, and get the same information. But in, in regards to how... Uh, how I get that information? Like, I'll, I'll just basically read as much as I possibly can. Uh, like I say, Dauber is a really, really good uh, um, um, uh, avenue for that. Uh, we the one thing uh, the one thing I want to make uh, perfectly clear is Marty and I certainly never wanted to be the guys that were like complete X's and O's. Like, I don't need to tell you expected goals for, and I don't necessarily want to go that deep into it because I think there are enough people out there in the Uh, in the stratosphere that are taking care of that Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that that can become a little bit too deep so i will lean on the fact that a lot of the times it is our own opinions it's how kind of we feel a little bit of course we're getting we're getting some of uh, those opinions uh from these sites and and whatnot so there is a little bit of a mixture to both but I mean, I think as it kind of comes down to you guys too whenever you' you're doing your fantasy teams, a lot of times it kind of comes to a gut feeling, right? And I'll use my, my beast as an example. I mean, uh, this Gujo could go off for another 100, another 100 point season. He's that skillful. But I mean I'm pretty sure you guys would be in the same stratosphere as me here. There's got to be a dip in points to some some po- uh, at some point here because going to columbus you just don't have the talent around you that it had in calgary i mean he is going to a new city so he's going to have to acclimatize himself a little bit to the community so and and, and you know uh, maybe a lot of a lot of fantasy managers don't tend to think about this stuff but i mean the guy is having a, a child over the course of the summer here with his wife and yeah. that's one of the big reasons i think they ended up in columbus to yeah. be honest with you but that's another thing too right it's just another another piece of information to me that you know he's going to be a first-time father. He's going to be going through those uh, uh, ups and downs of life. So, do you mean to tell me that's not going to affect his play a little bit over the next uh, six months? I mean, it's going to have to a little bit, right? So, oh yeah, that's when I kind of go back to the. That's when I kind of go back to the gut feeling, and I guess I'm not going through deep dives to get to that so much as I'm, you know, kind of staying a little bit more on the surface and just kind of seeing what's in front of me and saying. Hey, look, man. This guy's gonna have a tough time getting that hundred and fifteen points this year, flat out.
0: At the end of the day, if I, if you don't mind me using that, um, it's a little absolutely, bit. Absolutely, It's a little bit of a, you know, just common sense says.
2: Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, like I've been in this 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 fantasy pool now for twenty five years. Um, am I am I gonna make mistakes this year in my hockey draft? Absolutely. Am I gonna make them next year? Yeah. Can I? Am I gonna make them in ten years from now? I, I'm sure I am. Like there's always hits and misses. That's the fun of it all. Right. Right. But after doing it for so long, like you're saying, we we've seen some things, we've seen some trends, the trends change. Yeah. But you know, you, you kind of go off the experiences that you've been through as, as a fantasy manager, or in this case, when I'm giving out information to our listeners and Hey, listen, we'll, we'll be the first to tell you on our podcast, this is what we think this is our feeling um you know uh, even on this podcast today we had disagreements about certain players and how we felt about them and, and hey when you get four five six seven guys in a room and you start talking about players, there's no way everybody's going to be agreeing with everybody so oh yeah and, and again that, that that's what makes it fun too right so I mean I'm gonna have hits and misses huge small all over the place and and I'll be like I said we'll be the first to tell you that Uh, You know, this is how we kind of see it. This is our opinion on it. Uh, We're kind of deriving all of that information from all of our experience, both past and in the present.
0: Ride it like a roller coaster, man. Take all the ups and downs.
2: Absolutely, dude. I mean, that's half the fun of the whole thing. Yeah,
0: Mike, my final little
3: thoughts here. I don't have any final questions for you. I just have a nice little compliment for you and Marty. You guys have bailed me out multiple times in my fantasy league. So I can't thank you enough (laughs) for all the fantasy advice for sure. Avid listener of Tougalog. Can't wait to hear you guys talking all the time. My only little bit to pass along here, I just have to brag. You guys put on your little bracket, playoff bracket challenge. We did as yes, well. Sir. I won yours. I won ours. Yeah. Just two-time <laughs> champion over here. That's Just let the listeners Congratulations know. there.
0: And, uh, you know, uh, Mike, I got to say, we we cordially invite you and Marty to join our uh, Fantasy Hockey League this year, and I hope – we can uh, work out a way to get on your guys as well because you know we we love the fantasy hockey as well hopefully we can work that out but
2: hey listen i mean it's always it's always something that uh, in regards to our actually fantasy our actual fantasy league i'm not sure how uh, that that would work out i mean we could always make our own for sure just like you know the, the three you the two of us and we can figure it out from there oh yeah um, but, but, but in, re, in regards to all the compliments, boys, listen, you know, we listen to your, we're listening to all sorts of podcasts. You're one of them. You know, there's, there's loads of, of information that you guys give out on the abs. I mean, I, I don't know another podcast that I listen to that can give you the beat on the abs that I would want as an Avalanche fan that you guys can give to your listeners. So listen, uh, you know, pat on the back to you guys as well. Avid listener of the show. You guys, it, its for me, it, it, it's the fact that you guys have a kind of a same, the same type of uh, a mindset in regards to your program. Guys, just getting on, turning the mics on, talking hockey, whatever it is that week that came up, let's get to business. Let's get down to it. Let's analyze it. How do you feel about it? I mean, it, it's all about just being engaging, and you guys do that second to none. So congrats on your season as well. Um, as for Tuglak, I mean, you know, there, there, there's some new stuff that'll be coming up as Marty mentioned to you. Uh, we, <laughs> I think we both po- kind of both got a little bit of sick and tired of the plain logo. So we're we'll definitely have something new and fresh, uh, coming to you guys, uh, courtesy of Marty's wife. Uh, certainly want to give a shout out there. And, uh, you know what? I mean, in, in regards to moving forward, uh, there isn't anything specific that we, uh, um, have come up with in regards to the changing of the program. We may change a few of the segments around. Um, uh, you certainly won't have a uh, oily hab segment anymore, as we'll put that into more of a generalistic uh, segment and, and get that talk taken care of all at once. Uh, oh, yeah. But you know what? The big thing for for Marty and I that we, we can tell you is we certainly want to have a little bit more engagement with our, our fans and with our listeners and, um, you know, it, again, being a first-time kind of podcaster, still getting my feet wet in this, for sure. Uh, not afraid to say that whatsoever. You got a tech dinosaur here. Um, I'm glad that you guys are editing this program because I'm telling you, it would I, I don't know if it would get out if I was doing it, um, but you know what? Just having fun with it, and I think that you guys echoed that sentiment as well uh, earlier in the show. It's just, you know, guys getting on, having some fun, and if, if people are into that, you know what guys, then they're into it. And if, if they rather go somewhere else for, for, for whatever their needs are, listen, we understand that, man. I mean, there's a thousand one podcasts out there and especially in Canada, there's, you know, double that, uh, it just in hockey podcasts yeah. alone. So, oh, you yeah. know what, we just hope to, we hope to give our listeners, you know, uh, a, a little chuckle, a little laugh, you know, maybe some of the silly stuff that Marty and I do on the program kind of, you know, makes their day i don't think i'm saying anything much different than what you guys are trying to do out there in colorado One hundred and you know what you're doing a hell of a job and we're just you know trying to follow suit here man
0: sweet well well you know we got to say thank you so much and i mean we, we're we're loving to the log we're excited for what's coming on um uh, just before we say goodbye uh you want to say any thank yous before we hit, hit this one out yeah where can we find
2: you social media
0: anything like that throw it out there
2: well, listen. I mean, uh, you know, two. Uh, you can find basically all all of our stuff on uh, any podcast that you uh, uh, that you listen to. Um, in regards to uh, uh, social media, if I'm not mistaken, and again, you got you're gonna have to work with me here, boys. Still getting my head around the social media stuff. If I'm not mistaken, you're looking at at two lag is our uh, Twitter account. Uh, we'll certainly be engaging a lot more with our uh, uh, with our listeners uh, and our fans through that this year, big time. Um, listen. Uh, in regards to shout outs big big shout out to on the bench with beaks you guys have been uh tooting our horn for a better part of the year uh we heard you loud and clear down here in ottawa uh cannot thank you guys enough for what you're doing out there for us uh ourselves out there as much as we can and uh and you know you guys have certainly helped us out with that tremendously throughout the year so big big shout out big thank you to on the bench with beaks yeah, you guys are you guys are awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much Mike uh uh and a huge thank you to Marty as well. Catch Catch Tugalog on every streaming platform, Tugalog on Twitter and Instagram. Uh but until then uh well, boys, I think we have a solid uh, epi here, so until then, Vhorsh.
3: Later. Salute.
0: try the damn thing see what happens